back to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. I've got Andrew on the line once again. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. You? Yes, very good, thank you. Uh, yesterday we broke down part one of this season, 2013-2014. So if you've uh, if you missed that and not listened to it, it's available. Go and uh, go and find that and get the story so far up to this point. And uh, yeah, we're going to pick it up with the I guess the second half of the season. Um, quite a bit to talk about in this one for sure a uh, quick recap of what's happened so far David Weir has come and gone uh, the Prince has arrived and become joint owner of the football club and uh, Nigel Clough is now the manager of Sheffield United um, I think it's not going amazingly well although we had a good a good pickup in form immediately after Clough took over obviously beat Villa in the FA Cup was amazing but then Actual league form is still kind of crap at this point, wasn't it? And we were really still down at the bottom of the league. I so, think we're still in the bottom four at this point, yeah. Mm. So we're going into um, the fourth round of the FA Cup. We're drawn against another Premier League team at home this time uh, in Fulham. Another struggling Premier League team, it should be said. But yeah, before mm. that, right at the end of the transfer window, this is in January at this point, we made three very significant signings. And I, f- I feel like... I mean, obviously, I'm cherry-picking these signings out of, uh, you know, we, we picked up a few other players around this time as well. But it's, it seems quite unusual that we make three signings of players that, like, not only immediately improve our team, but are genuine first-teamers for the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. Any Who do you want to start with? Well, I think it's fair to say all three changed the season around in a, in a massive way. I think without these three, we would have been, we might have not gone down, but we would have been down there. Mm. I think the one that stands out is clearly Brayford, isn't it? Yeah. That, that obviously the impact he made and and everything that that came after it and the you know uh, obviously a cult hero uh, for the, for this time at least in the, on the loan spell, but he was massive for us in the I mean we'll come on to the away game at Fulham but I think that's what I mean the away game at Fulham's like we obviously we got the 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 Fulham game now and then we had Crew then we had Fulham again I think but even by that point the third game the fans were chanting his name and he'd already become you know like a, a bit of a hero to people yeah definitely and, and and as we kind of talked about on the um on the cult heroes podcast that uh, that we did where i think i had him as my number one cult hero actually i think so yeah you did yeah yeah a lot of that was the off the field stuff wasn't it and actually mm. you know it's like oh here's, here's the united player actually looks like he gives a damn like yeah you know he's interacting with the fans on social media and as i said at the time that was I'm sure he wasn't the first player to do that in, from United, but it was certainly the first one I properly noticed. And yeah, exactly. I mean, you see it now. Obviously, people like Billy Sharp, obviously, and and McBurney and people like that are all sort of interacting and making comments about the club and stuff. Or everyone, in fact, Egan and Steve, you know, they're all making Twitter. We never had that, did we? With anyone really, other than no. sort of until Brayford come, at least that I can remember. Yeah, he's certainly the most prominent. So yeah, he comes on low as a right back. In case anyone's not aware of that. Uh, on loan from Cardiff, who were in the Championship at that point, but I think Cardiff were doing well, weren't they? they might even have got promoted yeah. this season. Um, the other one who also cracked my top five um, cult heroes, Stefan Skugel, yeah. signed from Livingston, who was a sort of, I guess, a bit of a attacking midfielder, box to box. Yeah, midfielder. I knew nothing about him. Then I watched the YouTube video, which is never good, obviously, to, <laughs> to make it. But I saw him weaving past people, and I thought, they, they, I mean, it, you know. It, I think Schoolgirl, I've said this before, I think Schoolgirl overall were a good signing for us. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, look, he was still playing, uh, as as we said uh, on the previous pod, he was still playing for Wilder in 
the season yeah. we got promoted and you know played. I think he, he, he gave us a lot of good moments Google we were part of that promotion squad from uh, League One and he got us, well he didn't get to the semi-final single-handed but he was part of that squad that got to the semi-final and scored at Wembley absolutely and I feel like he did lift the mood as well I mean he didn't actually score that many goals for us but it was it, 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 he, he did look a, a step above some of our other midfielders at this yeah. point a bit more dynamism about him very uh, a very slight footballer for sure, which still makes me laugh with the uh, some of the comments we had earlier about you know Sheffield United six foot, yeah, massive players. Um, <laughs> we just seem to get smaller and smaller at this point. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The other one a bit, bit, bit less impactful, but still, I always felt he was a a good solid uh, League yeah. One player. That is uh, it's a weird thing with Bob Harris because I always felt he were a good player. Then he. It were obviously injuries that did him, weren't it? That that I think that's what what his major problem was. Because I think he was really good when he. I mean, you have to remember. I'm just looking now. The left backs that we had that season until he came in were uh, Marcus Williams, McGinty, Hill, uh, Lapin, White, uh, and then Bob Harris came in. So compared to those, I mean, a bit harsh on Matt Hill maybe, but but compared to the rest of those, he were a massive step up, weren't yeah, he? Yes, Roberto Carlos <laughs> compared to them, I think. Yeah, exactly. So he was a big impact like when he, when he came in. Yeah, um, the the circumstances of his signing was quite interesting. I don't think this happens enough anymore. We basically did a, a one-month loan swap with Blackpool where yeah. they took Tony McMahon off our hands for a month and we took Bob Harris for Cheers, a month. Bob. Yeah. What did you think of Tyler McMahon, just, just sort of going off that? Uh, I think I used to like him, and then, you know, this is so true with so many players in this era. I was like, yeah, he seems all right. And then the longer they stayed with it, it's just like, I really don't like this player anymore. He's rubbish. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, that. yeah exactly that. You sort yeah, of look... Good delivery, obviously good at free kicks and stuff like that, but he was just an average League One player, weren't he? Yeah, I saw him, uh, I saw him score two free kicks against... I think Crawley away. Just yeah, one of those were fantastic as well. I think uh, Peter Onlove shared it, and I still not the. I mean, he might be the actual like, Peter Onlove. I'm not sure, but <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was good. And there was a couple of times with him where I, I was genuinely impressed by like how much energy he had. If you like, I remember going on some like massive like lung busting runs down the right yeah. wing. But then yeah. I think yeah, as I say, the longer he spent with us, the less less and less we saw of that. So I was I was not upset to see him leave particularly and. As it happens, this became a, a permanent move for both mm. players uh, a few weeks after this. Um, but yeah, that's that's two new fullbacks, which <laughs> became a bit of a theme under Clough, actually. Certainly, mm. uh, certainly enjoyed a fullback signing. This is yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, Ady uh, being his first signing should have told us what was to come. Really, like as a fullback, and then another two fullbacks coming in. Here. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we haven't. Oh yeah, we, the the other fullback I'm thinking of uh, hasn't even signed yet. So uh, that's no, that's no, no, he's come. not there just yet. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, three three impactful signings as they turned out to be, and, and we really did need them, as I said, because we were in uh, a pretty rough position at this yeah. point. But let's, uh, yeah, let, we we go into this game with Fulham, Premier League Fulham. Um, the master poacher <laughs> that is Chris Porter gives mm-hmm. us the lead in the first half after uh, Maguire goes on uh, on a good run. Then yeah. Doyle gets sent off for basically whacking one of their players off the ball, yeah. which is. Very stupid. I remember being really annoyed with him at the time. Like, yeah. e- even though I was kind of in this space of, like, I'm not too bothered if we get knocked out of the FA Cup. No, I remember being genuinely angry with him because I remember a lot of people after saying, well, Clough basically shit Brandy out after that sending off against Shrewsbury. Is he mm. going to do the same with Doyle? 
um, because it was just as stupid as what, well, probably more, because Brandy were fairly unlucky to get sent off against Shrewsbury. But, yeah, it was just stupid. I mean, we, I don't think Fulham really created anything up until that point, and then it was a bit of onslaught after that, <laughs> Yeah, it? it really was, yeah. I don't know how it, I don't know how we got a replay out of this. Certainly no, watching it again. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we, we were also a little bit unlucky. Porter went off injured at half-time, and then Maguire went off three minutes into the second half, both with injuries. So, and then Doyle gets sent off a few minutes after that. So, you know, that, that's your game plan completely up in the air at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fulham, Rodier, Hugo Rodiega equalised for them um, and they ended up with 25 shots. Uh, they hit the bar. They do, do you see this Darren Bent miss right at the end? Yeah, I did, yeah. I, I forgot all about that until I watched the game back, which I think that must be the first time I've watched that game back since it happened. I forgot completely. What a bad miss that is. It was awful, yeah. It's like a, cross, there was, it was like a goal mouth scramble at Kasami. I actually thought he'd messed it up, but I think yeah. Matt Hill blocks it on the line. Yeah. Um, and it runs across to the far post of Bent and it just puts it wide for about two years. Yeah. Oh, the, the best thing about this game for me is the three signings looked brilliant straight off. I thought I thought Brave were really good. School mm. were fantastic when he came on. He was sort of playing up front, weren't he, on his own in a in a, in a weird way because Porter went off at half time and I don't think he had any other subs if I'm right. Mm. And I think School sort of came on to replace him. I'm just gonna have a double check this. Hang on, but I'm pretty sure like uh, he, yeah, we had no recognised strike. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Porter went off at half time and School came on. <laughs> that's so, amazing. So it was sort of Baxter and Schoolgirl up front. But Baxter wasn't playing at all up front at this point. Yeah. Uh, but, we, you know, they were sort of playing like a front two. And uh, I thought Schoolgirl were excellent. Irish were really good and Brave were good. And I came out of it really thinking, yeah, we've got a decent side now. We'll, we'll be all right. It's, it's coming together, isn't it? You know, when you, when you think, yeah. I'm looking down the line up there, yeah, Murphy's obviously <clears throat> running into good form at this point. Cody's starting to chip in with some goals. Yeah, it's it, it was starting together. It's just... Uh, the league form was not going with it, which we'll get to well, in a second. This is what was so disappointing. This was so shocking, I think, the match after, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Fulham, I mean, I think Fulham did go down that season. They were certainly struggling. Yeah, because yeah, they had Rennie Moulenstein as the manager, didn't they? Ah, yes, that's right. Um, they did have some good players, though. I mean, I, 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 sort oh, yeah. of, I, mean, I, I watched the highlights. I was like, yeah. oh, he's playing for them. He's playing for them. Wow, this is a really strong team. And then I, I looked at the actual team. And there's like eight players I've never heard of. And then, yeah, and then three I remember like Tabat, Tarab, and uh, yeah, uh, you wrote down here, in fact, aren't you? Tarab and uh, Janana Risa, Sendros, Damian Duff. Yeah, they, they had a decent side. They didn't play the top team, obviously, but it was still, I mean, we're a League One team. It's not, it's no mean feat to to go, you know, to, to get a draw against the Premier League side, whatever team they put out. Yeah, uh, a bottom a bottom of the League One team. Yeah, That's and, it, uh, yeah. I mean, there's literally two divisions. Is that right? Or is it three? Two. Two divisions between us, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, so a, a good, slightly fortuitous draw in the end, thanks to uh, Doyle almost chucking it away for us. Um, and then we go to Crew, and, oh. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> real, real. I were in Belgium for this match on a stag day, and um, I couldn't get a reception anyway. I went to this beer festival, and I genuinely did not know anything about the game. And then my mate was a Wednesday fan who were with us, he managed to get six. Oh, get, get scores on, get scores on. Everyone's gathered round. It's like Wednesday beat Barnsley 1 0 that day. He scored it last minute. Mm-hmm. Right, League One. Crew three, Sheffield United nil. He goes, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. Come on. He goes, no, honestly. And he showed it, man. I'm like, what? That, that, oh my God. That's it. We're down. I announced that day we were down. <laughs> and again, not a not a knee jerk reaction. Uh, crew were second bottom when they were going into this game. Uh, yeah. And yeah, as you say, they. Just smashed us three nil, um, and that left us. We were we were outside the bottom four at this point, but only by three points. Yeah, um, 
And yeah, it, it, it genuinely did look like relegation was very much still a possibility. Um, very I mean, much so after this, because this were a. I mean, Crew had nine shots to one in their favour, and this were a bad Crew team. I think they ended up staying up, did they? Or did they go down? Um, I don't have the. Oh no, they stayed up. They did stay up this season. They went down the year after. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we we dropped points and lost to some. It feels like every time we were playing a team at the bottom of the league, we'd lose to them. Like it was exactly. really, really. Really bad. <laughs> and, yeah, um, and I didn't know anything about the match or anything, so obviously I was away. And it sort of haunted me a little bit for an hour after. I was just sat... Remember, I've sat having like a, I don't know, kebab or something like that, just thinking, <laughs> we are actually going to go down to League 2. This is not a... Like, this I never this really is not thought a drill. Yeah. <laughs> I never really thought it had happened. And then you like, you just lost away to Crew 3-0. We've just basically done all the January... We've done all the signings that we can make. What That's it. What, what more can we do? We're gone. Yeah. Um... I think, I mean, it's the lowest point of uh, Clough's tenure, even though, yeah. you know, he ended up he ended up leaving uh, at the end of the following season. So we had some other, like, down notes, I suppose. But, yeah, yeah. I mean... True again, actually, the season after we lost at home, didn't we? Oh, did we? I've, I've blanked that one out, obviously. <laughs> I'm blanked that one the same, same month, I think it was. <laughs> uh, yippee. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we didn't... It, uh, this actually was the lowest point of our season, as in we... We didn't know this at the time, but this was mm. a bit of a turning point because we really picked it up from from this point on. Um, Clough and- always mentioned this game as the turning point himself. Like in later programs, he always said it all changed around at that that crew match. We had a meeting after, and you know it's a bit like the Wilder uh. getting the beers out sort of thing. He mentions it about three or four times at the rest of the season about how that was the turning point. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that because I was just about <laughs> to sort of uh, yeah posit. Is it that? Um, you know, is it that we had a, a a big reaction to this defeat, or is it that the next game kind of we were just a bit fortuitous, I suppose, and that kind of yeah. spurred us on? Or I guess it could have been a combination too. But it's interesting. Yeah, completely. I mean, Clough says like in the program notes after we were absolutely baffled by the performance, but I, I, then later on he, he always references references it to where things sort of changed. I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about a manager saying they are baffled by how the players have played. <laughs> mm. yeah, I know, yeah. I think we all were, though. As fans, yeah. I know you say it's different with the manager, but we'd just come off a decent performance against Fulham and then got absolutely battered by a crew where, by all accounts, it could have been four or five. Yeah, and, and you know, to remember, it's only like three games since we knocked out Premier League Villa as well in yeah, our yeah. best performance of the season up to that point. Um, the next game was the Fulham replay. Uh, it was just three days later. Um, mm. <laughs> this was an atrocious game. Well, but... Almost so, but I got back. I've always been to this stag do. I got back about an hour before kickoff. Mm. So tired of it, as you are. Do you know when you come back, especially for lads weekend. <laughs> and uh, and I like put the telly on. I'm like, I'm falling asleep. I'm a massive United fan. I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think it's the biggest uh, disparity between how good the game was and how much I enjoyed it. If you like, Cause, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, because this was an awesome one to be. At. I absolutely loved it. I've, I've talked before how good Fulham is as an away trip and. Yeah, I almost got the kickoff time wrong, which was uh, unfortunate. I thought it was an eight o'clock kickoff for some reason, and uh, we were in the pub at yeah. like I think about twenty-five to eight, and I was suddenly like, "Why is no one else in the pub anymore? This is this is unlike United fans." Like, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, having to sort of like basically jog from uh, from I think Putney Station to Fulham, yeah. which is is very scenic, but also quite a quite a trek to be going when you've got a 
stomach full of beer, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to get to a match, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could have just gone for the last minute of extra time, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, the atmosphere was great from United fans anyway. I mean, there yeah. was it was hardly any Fulham fans there. Um, and they definitely played a... I mean, I, I really did get the sense. And maybe it was a stronger team in this one, actually. Let me just uh, bring up Fulham's team in this one. I feel like Sidwell played for them, who's obviously a first-teamer. I can't remember much about this oh, at all. Yeah. I mean, not, I don't uh... remember the game, but I don't... The only thing I remember about this game is Brayford going down with cramp just near the end and all the United fans saying, he's a blade, and he's a blade. Yeah. Which was quite, it's quite unusual for a, a player who's only been there a couple of days, especially off the back of a 3-0 defeat at Crewe. Yeah. Um, and I obviously remember Sean Miller's goal, and, I, and that is literally about it. Yeah, so just the Fulham team. They started Scott Parker, uh, Breeder Hangeland. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, I do remember yeah. him. Yeah. Is this Dan Byrne, infamous Dan Byrne? Dan Byrne again. Why? He never goes away, does he? <laughs> yeah, he can't go with him. Uh, Clint Dempsey played as well. Uh, yeah, well it's not a bad side at all, is it really? No, Sidwell came off the bench. Uh, yeah, so it, it was certainly a stronger team, um, but uh, a game of very few opportunities. I think... I don't know if it was Adrian Childs. I saw this afterwards. He was doing like the ITV because this was, I, I guess, this was one of the few replays that were actually from this round. I would have thought um, so. If you decided to pick this match. To be fair. Yeah, and I, I just remember Adrian Childs being like, <laughs> I think he said something about like might need to pay you to keep on watching or something yeah. like that. I remember our fans being outraged about this. I was like, you know, he's right. You think about this from a neutral fan, you cannot spin it that this is anywhere, anything like a good game. No, exactly. Um, and it, it, there was a bit of gallows humour about it as well from the yeah. United fans. I think that actually lent to a good atmosphere because there was about 3,000 United fans there, I think. And, mm. you know, people are singing like Porter scores were in the Thames and things like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, Porter didn't score. But going into the last minute of extra time, I mean, I just, I just assumed it was penalties. Oh, another yeah. thing I should say, actually, is um, there was a tube strike this uh, I think it started this evening. So there was a little bit of like, shall we stay for extra time? Like, yeah. you know, there, there was definitely a moral dilemma of like, how long's it, weighing up how long is it going to take me to get home versus, yeah. well, I've I sat through all this. Game back in the end. Say again, sorry? How did you end up getting back? God, I can't remember. I, can't, I can barely remember how we got back, but it involved, <laughs> I think it involved a walk, a bus, an overground train, a walk, and then I think we might have got a taxi the rest of the way. Wow! There was always this thing in London of like, you'd never get a taxi all the way. You just you just get it part of the yeah. way, yeah. <laughs> unless you want to just like wipe out your entire bank balance. But anyway, it was uh, <laughs> in the end it was worth it because um, the last minute of extra time, as you say, Brayford wins that corner. Uh, cross comes in, Maguire heads it across, and Sean Miller is there to nod it into the net. And it was one of them. One of them goals where you know it's a goal before it happens. Very similar to um, the Peterborough-Billy Sharp goal from the uh, yeah, League One promotion yeah. season where as soon as that initial header comes in, you're like, this is a goal. And yeah, everyone went absolutely insane. One of the craziest goal celebrations I've seen, I think. For you know, for a match that's like kind of unimportant, you know, it's like we don't get any league this points for this. This is the thing this. after. I remember being... Like, I'm delighted, obviously, scored last minute, jumping around the house and whatever, but... I do remember talking to my dad the day after and saying, it's quite annoying that we've won that game and it's pointless because we need wins in the league. Obviously, I were wrong for what happened. You wouldn't have swapped you know, the, the result 
you know, you, you would want to swap that result for anything because of what happened with the Wembley thing, all the memories and stuff. But at the time, it still seemed really unlikely we were going to have a proper cup run, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, we were still like a bottom league one team for sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just thinking, I mean, maybe if you went to Aston Villa, you experienced the same thing. But I, it felt like a bit of a release for me. Like, I felt like I'd not seen a like important United goal mm. for... A really long time, like in person, yeah. I mean, because um, I didn't yeah, get to, yeah, yeah. Didn't get to Villa. Um, and yeah, it just felt like, a, oh, I, I remember why I like football, you know, that kind of thing. I remember why I like being here. It's for, it's for the odd moment like this. And now that I'm talking yeah. about it, I do sort of remember thinking, you know, this is why you go through those years of crap, basically, to for, for how yeah, good yeah, this yeah. feels. So, um, yeah, Miller nods it in. Um, do you know, I had a weird flashback to this goal when during the last World Cup, when uh, the first first England game against Tunisia. Oh, Harry Kane, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good shout that, yeah. This is a corner. It's from the same side, uh, from the opposite side, I think. Maguire heads it across the same, and um, yeah. yeah, Kane was there to head it in. I, I remember thinking it's like exactly the same goal like as I was watching yeah. it unfold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the blades go through. Uh, Hugo Rodiega went off crying in this game. Do you remember this? I don't. You've written this down here. And, I, and as I read it, I thought I, something sticks in my mind, but I can't quite <laughs> remember it properly. I, I Googled it just to make sure I wasn't uh, making this up. But I think he, he got subbed off. Um, in fact, yeah, he definitely got subbed off in quite early in the second half. And um, what little Fulham fans were there um, sort of ironically mm. cheered it. And then, yeah, he's, uh, he was... Was this one of the games Hugh Grant missed? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was, um, yeah, sat on the bench in tears, poor lad. Um, what happened to Hugo Rodiega? He must have... Where did he go? Any idea? Did he oh. sign from Wigan, didn't he? Yeah. Did he play in the in the game that we got relegated? Or was he not there at that time? Oh, no idea. I've absolutely no idea. No, no, it was a couple of years after, actually. Yeah, he's uh, he's been playing in Turkey ever since for... Uh, three teams whose name is end in spore, which I guess is just the Turkish word for yeah. sporting team or something like that. So not that interesting. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after that Fulham game, as I said, that, that does kickstart our season somewhat. Um, and uh, yeah, the next game is Shrewsbury at home, who Shrewsbury ended up getting relegated. So this was a a big, big game for us for sure. You know, I, I guess yeah. it was it was so important that we. You know, built on that cup result, and and so we did a two 0 win. Google's really first goal. on goals as well, which obviously calmed everything down. I remember feeling I was really nervous about this match. I remember being thinking because the cup run, the cup games, evidently at the time anyway, meant nothing. You know, every time we had a good result in the cup, we'd lost. So yeah. I was really like worried. Shrewsbury in the bottom four as well with us or around that. I think we went above them with this win actually. Mm. Um, and I was really, really nervous before that because I thought if we lose this, we are. You know, this is going to be really, really tough to to turn around again. Uh, and then we got two really early goals with Schoolgirl's first goal for us, obviously. And then, as you you wrote here, uh, Flynn with the slowest twenty. Oh no, Schoolgirl with the slowest twenty yarder I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just sort of like I think it's because it bounces just in front of the goalkeeper, and then it sort of it just practically stops before it reaches the net. Yeah, but yeah, and it goes. And that's a good point actually about the FA Cup, uh, like FA Cup to League form. I mean. Yeah, we beat Aston Villa. The next game we lose to Notts County was second bottom at the time. Yeah. 
We draw at home to Fulham. We lose to Crew, who I think was second bottom at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Fulham we beat. And then, yeah, going into Shrewsbury, who I think we're, yeah, in that bottom three, four at that point as well. Yeah, well, they ended up going down Shrewsbury, so. Yes, indeed they did. Um, but yes, very important win. Uh, and then straight round into the next round of the FA Cup, the fifth round. Uh, not a Premier League team this time, but uh, a very good Championship team. Nottingham yeah. Forest coming to town. Sixteen unbeaten Forest were in the league. Uh, so this was I thought we were out. I've got to admit, I didn't think. I thought in a way this had been harder than Villa and Fulham because Villa and Fulham weren't really, you know, putting the better sides out and stuff. I thought Forest will see this as a a real chance, and they did play the. From what I can gather, looking at the teams and stuff, I think they did play the first eleven or pretty much. I I thought it was their strongest team, and yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I think yeah, I, I definitely went into this thinking this will be harder than those two Premier League teams yeah. because they were both struggling. And Forrester, as you say, on that fantastic run, uh, they, you know they were a good they were a good team. They weren't just a you know a, a, an average team on a good run. Um, yeah, Billy Davies managing them. And, yeah, uh, that's needle with him and Clough, weren't they, from the Derby Forest days as well, where uh, Clough kicked him up the backside, allegedly. <laughs> Bishop Brennan, have you, have you, do you not remember this story? No. They were a bit... I've, I've, honestly, this is true. I'm, I'm just going to make sure I've not made this up, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh, yeah, Clough... Uh, yeah, apparently Clough... Um, they were an altercation on the sidelines, and uh, Billy Davis accused Clough of kicking him up the backside. <laughs> I would not. So, uh, yeah, I would they, not put that. Two did not like each other. That's amazing. I would oh, not. On, put... I can't get it. I think. Hang on a minute. I can't get this on. I don't know. It says here Google's down, but that's, oh, no. that's worrying. It's true. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I would my, not. Uh... I would just wouldn't put that in the public domain if I was Billy Davis. I think I would just. Uh... I would just let people not <laughs> just not in on the fact that someone had kicked me up the backside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, I can't get it on. I don't know if it's my computer or if Google is actually down for the first time ever, but yeah, it, that, I'm pretty sure that's true. Nice, someone will fact check us, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so we go a goal down in the first half. You're right, it was a strong team. Andy Reid was playing for them. Greg Halford as well, another uh, yeah, yeah. another ex-Blade. Um, Andy Reid actually set up, sets up their goal, uh, a good header from, was it Jamie Patterson, I think? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeah. Jamie, Jamie Patterson. He scored against us a couple of years later, didn't he? Against uh, for Bristol. Oh yeah, yeah. That's probably why I know his name. Actually, Re- fairly regular goal scorer against us. Um, yeah. So he gave us the lead, uh, and then yeah, some some significant news came through as the game was being played, which actually is weird. Like, so when was the cup draw? <laughs> it must have taken place at like what two o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the 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 cup draw took place. I, I remember it was in the first half, and I think it was before we'd gone one 0 down. So it must have been pretty early. So yeah, mm. and I remember it was sort of filtering through, and everyone saying Wednesday's next round, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday's next Wednesday. We've got Wednesday. Wednesday. That's, all, <laughs> that's like going yeah, yeah. people going round. And uh, yeah, because like, we've obviously got Wednesday in the next round because uh, everyone thought they'd beat Charlton because Charlton were really poor that season, weren't they in the in the championship? Um, so it looked like wow, if we win this. It's a quarter final against Wednesday at Bramall Lane. This is incredible. And then obviously yeah. we went one 0 down to the. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Wednesday, Wednesday drawn with Charlton, aren't they? In the uh, they're drawn away with Charlton, I think. Aren't yeah. They? So they had a replay at Hillsborough coming up. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So they're uh, obviously a decent draw away from home. Really brought them back to Hillsborough. And you expect them to beat you. Yeah. Uh, and as it happens, uh, <laughs> did not come to pass, which is was kind yeah. of hilarious. Um, so we're one nil down, uh, and I, I do remember feeling like we were getting pretty outplayed. Um, 
Howard was back in goal for this one and he, he made some very good saves actually at 1-0. Um, oh, I can't remember who it was. But somebody somebody had a really good right-footed volley that he pushed away. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't remember which Forrest. Yeah, I, I, I do remember the shot. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I feel like... I can't remember what it was, but there was a little bit of a sort of uh, switch being flicked at some point where it just felt suddenly like we'd got back in the game a little bit. Like, mm. I, I don't obviously, know, the of... goal helped us with it because obviously it was a huge mistake, weren't it, from there? Uh... Yeah, but I felt even before that, the tide was starting to turn a little bit. I don't know if we'd just mm-hmm. won a few corners or something like that, but yeah, yeah Brayford, um, Brayford sticks in this cross. Uh, I think it's De Vries in it, the goalkeeper, just... He makes a right meal of it in front of the cop. He sort of goes to fall on it, and, and he, he does fall on it, but it ricochets off his hands, off his knee, and uh, Cody is there, and he wins wins a little 50-50 with uh, whichever, whoever the defender is and knocks it into the empty net and, and goes mad. I, I really, I, you know, again, it's I think you know league form was so important to me that I'm almost, it was almost surprising like how much I celebrated this goal and how much the mm. players celebrated it as well. Mm. Like, yeah. I guess it's maybe it's I mean, look, it was a cup upset, but also maybe just the fact we've been pretty rubbish all season. It's like oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a good thing. But yeah, that was uh that was awesome, Cody knocking that one in. And then um yeah, late on, uh Greg Halford handballs it for a penalty where I think it's Murphy goes at him in it down yeah, the left hand yeah, side. Yeah. Good save from Halford, to be fair, this <laughs> very good save, yeah. Halford uh goes into a slide tackle to block the cross, but unfortunately puts both his hands up as well and it's a very, very clear handball. I think, it's, um, I think it was Michael Oliver was the referee. I don't know why I remember that, but I just I felt like it was like a Premier League referee in town for a big game. Yeah, yeah I was glad he didn't miss that one. Um, who has come on to take the penalty? It's Chris Porter, who the is main not man. the main man. He's not he's not touched the ball at this point. And this is what, like the 88th minute, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penalty in front of the cop to send the Blades into the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. And of and course... It, yeah, I mean, I, I, in the programmes after, actually, Clough said that um, Baxter was our penalty taker until mm. uh, that point. And he said, like, uh, Baxter sort of, like, it just come off. <laughs> it, it had the <laughs> chance, obviously, to get a penalty and score, but he said, like, it, it shows the, the uh, spirit of the... I hate when people say stuff like this, the spirit <laughs> of the camp, uh, that Baxter would cheer him when he scores. It's like, well, it'd be a bit weird if he hadn't have been, to be fair, he'd been to a quarter-final. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... Porter, of course, sends the keeper the wrong way, makes it 2-1. Uh, and, yeah, does his, uh, his trademark Tim Henman fist punch celebration. Yeah. Loves it. Fans yeah. running on the pitch and stuff. The one, do you remember this about uh, the penalty, John Brayford's antics? Yeah, jumping around at the back, waving his arms around, yeah. Yeah, to try and put the goalkeeper off. Yeah, in the eyeline of the goalkeeper. Obviously yeah. stood behind Porter. I, I don't like know if like, you... Trying to flag a boss down or something. <laughs> He's jumping around, waving his arms about. I remember there being a, like a minor controversy about that. I don't know if it's just on like match of the day or something. Um, I wonder if I you, really like. Yeah, I wonder if you get away with it. I mean, I suppose it's on sportsmanlike conduct, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was funny all the same seeing him do these. Uh, yeah, yeah, as you say, gesticulations behind Potter who puts it away. Um, and then with the game into injury time, Murphy goes on another run down the left, embarrasses a couple of defenders, squares it basically across the goal line and Porter's there with probably his second touch to just knock it in on the line. And uh, yeah, the crowd goes wild. Forrest are defeated and uh, the Blades are through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup to play Sheffield Wednesday, probably. Yeah. I mean, I remember being really nervous, actually. We'd want to like, get it, come on. 
oh no, I'm going to dread that week. I was leading up to that quarterfinal. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. I don't know. I feel. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I, I think when we're in a different league to Wednesday, I feel a bit less. I mean, it hasn't happened, has it? We've, I don't think we've played them in the cup when we've been a different league. Not in my for life. a very long time. I think, I think what I'm worried about is we were still a poor team. We were in the bottom four, League One, obviously, or whatever it was, you know, down the bottom. Wednesday, were, I think Wednesday were just like milling around in the championship, not really going up or going down. They'd have still been the favourites. And I think after the Wembley semi-final where they beat us, can you imagine, mm. I mean, rightly so, the stick that they give us to, if they'd have beat us in the quarterfinals to get to Wembley again. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I think I was on such a high from this game that I was. I, I went, I mean, do you know yeah. what? Though, because the run we went on, I think we probably. I mean, you can never say, obviously, but I think we might have beat them. Yeah, indeed. Well, we just knocked off two Premier League teams and a Championship team, so I was thinking. And, and, like, and the run after this, obviously, coming up after the Forest game uh, until the Charlton match, where we just win, 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 win. Mm-hmm. Then we're playing Wednesday. Where I think, like we like I said, just middling around. I think we'd have been. We might have won that game, but anyway. At home, anyway. Yeah, as it happens, they uh, they lost their replay at home to Charlton, which was was kind of hilarious. I was I was not expecting them to do that. Well, in my head, we were definitely playing Wednesday, yeah. and I was. I remember of... listening to it at work actually on radio. Do you remember uh, Chris Powell swinging on the crossbar? <laughs> no, I don't. That's great. The Wednesday fans are getting mad about it. Yeah, they they won at the end. I think there were a little bit of needle between Charlton and Wednesday. And I'm not entirely sure why. They, I know they don't they don't even like each other now. Well, Charlton don't like Wednesday at least. They, Always sharing stuff of Owls talk, saying, oh, they're massive right again, and all this sort of stuff. Oh, really? But, yeah, yeah, they really, really don't like him. There's them and, uh, oh, who's the other team who don't like him? There's another team, I can't remember it is off the top of my head, who, like, really don't like him, and, and I'm not sure where it's come from. Uh, but, yeah, and, and and Chris Powell were on the pitch at the end and started swinging on the crossbar, and the Wednesday, what's it, get off, boo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice. Um, yeah, so for a, a continuation of league form slightly improving after a good cup result we embark upon a club record run mm. starting with the next game we go eight straight games without conceding a goal which which breaks. is incredible that's not i mean it is people incredible yeah people have a go at cloth and rightly so in my opinion for the season after and the mistakes he made this is an incredible run and you've got to give him massive credit for this yeah, just, I mean, it feels a little bit fluky, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like we suddenly became an incredible defence or anything like that, or like Mark Howard was on like the best run of any goalkeeper ever or anything like that. It's, yeah, there was probably a little bit of a fixture bias, I guess, in terms of, you know, we played some average to poor teams and good ones as well to be fair but yeah you know i yeah. think a, li- a little bit of luck i guess to string this together but yeah you know we were on a real high as well i mean we'll come to it in a bit there's a game what really stands out to me is the game against peterborough coming up where peterborough was six we put a really like weak side out and we still beat them because that's just the way the momentum were going if you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, eight straight clean sheets broke, breaks a record set in 1970 to 71, and it gets started with an away win at Gillingham, which I think was that still feels like a bit of a novelty at this point. Winning at Gillingham, yeah, you know, felt like yeah. we'd still always had an atrocious record here. Yeah, um, we were still in the bottom four at this point, but yeah, we we got we got rolling. Uh, a signing 20 minutes before kickoff. Yeah. Where did you get that from? That, I mean, it was in the program. Uh, it's like, <clears throat> he apparently arrived at the ground twenty minutes before kickoff, like, and everything was sort of sorted there and then. 
straight on the bench then came on in the second half. I think, I think he played the full second half. Which is, of <clears> course, Davis, uh, talking about. Sorry, yeah, Ben Davis, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think he, there's an interview with him in it, and he said he's never experienced anything like it, where he's just sort of <clears throat> on the coach, sort of just, you know, going to, to sign or whatever. And then the next minute, he's got his kit on and he's on the pitch. So, Where did we sign him from? Can you remember? Don't, oh, have a guess. <laughs> uh, oh, it was surely not Derby. It was Derby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what position did he play? <laughs> uh, he could play right back uh, if needed. Yeah, actually, I think he came on at right back in this game. Actually, I liked Ben Davis. I did. Um, really, really talented player, weren't he? Technique wise, really technically good. Yeah, it was also a very large human being, um, mm-hmm. which which we actually needed at that point. Very <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it confused the hell out of me for about two years that Spurs had a fullback called Ben Davis. Who um, was not the same one? No, I think he still plays for him. Actually, you're going to say he's still there, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I, it was about two years before I got my head around it. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it took a while. Um, we win this game at Gillingham. Connor Cody uh, smashing in uh, a shot on the rebound to give us a one nil win, uh, and then we play Bristol City at home. We win that game as well. In fact, we how many games in a row do we win here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So yeah, we win seven yeah. in a row. Keep eight straight clean sheets. Uh, we wallop Bristol City 3-0 at home. Uh, Brayford's first goal for the club in this one? Yeah, yeah. Brayford's first goal. Murphy in this game were unbelievable. Uh, the change around from you know the, the early Murphy of the season, the season before. I remember this game. He, he just oh, he were incredible. Just little touches and sort of taking people on. And yeah, we hammered him. And Bristol City were down at the bottom. So that mm. was a really important win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I... I wonder what changed with Murphy, whether it was just, you know, settling into the English game and then, you know, overcoming that injury or, you know, if it was something that, you know, Clough's system kind of got the best out of him or something mm. like that. I'm, I'm really yeah. not sure. I mean, that was really, one of the really thing. not now. Yeah, that was one other thing with this run of clean sheets, actually, is I, I, it didn't feel like we were, you know, playing hugely defensively, which became a bit of a yeah. Clough hallmark in the next season. You know, I don't feel like we were like, right, we're definitely going to keep it tight now. You know, just going to play like five at the back or whatever. No, 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 I agree completely, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of what I've, that's kind of adding into my feeling that it was a little bit, I guess, of a fluky run in terms of not conceding a single goal. In yeah, it's not a goal in eight games, yeah. Yeah, Colchester away, 1-0 win. Uh, Porter with another penalty. Uh, it's second penalty against Colchester um, that season. Is Chris Porter our greatest ever penalty taker? Oh, uh, he's got. I, did you ever miss one? I don't think he missed one, did I? I don't remember him missing. You know one. what? I, I mentioned this on the S two shoutbox actually. They were talking about the Huddersfield playoff final. Porter weren't in the first five pens, which is weird, isn't it? Yeah. So what? He took one. He must have taken one eventually, I guess. It was. It's eventually, yeah. But I just find it strange that he's obviously a really good penalty taker, and yet he wasn't in the first five. We obviously knew it was going to go to the eleventh taker. So yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what left Simmonson to get the glory at the end. <laughs> yeah, we, we were holding Porter back for the what we thought would be the crucial tenth penalty, but unfortunately, it, two, three penalty takers or three penalty takers just sprung to mind about the best penalty takers ever. Bobby Ford, I thought were really good. I think he missed the yeah. Pen. Nick Blackman, yeah. With his sort of weird run up, that you know he looked a complete fool for the miss. Lyle Taylor does it now, doesn't he, for Charlton? I was just saying. And um, the other one is uh, Andy Beattie. Gray. Oh, Andy Gray. Oh, okay. James Beattie yeah. actually missed one. 
That's it. <laughs> That's why he's not in it. So. You are sorry. James Beatty missed one. That's why he's not in my top five. I, th- I think he might have missed a couple Beatty, but I, uh, for style, I really yeah, liked yeah, his they technique. Were, they just blasted it, didn't they? We're no messing about. I just really—I've never seen anyone do that before or since. The like, he puts the ball on the spot, and then he sort of just like, you know, presses his foot into the ground. It's like yeah. almost like he's about to kick it. Turns round, four paces to the edge of the box, spins, runs, hits it like all in one move, like no stopping. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was it was a badass penalty technique. That yeah, I, I, I did like his, but I, I felt safe. For instance, everyone's going to think I've got an vendetta against Billy Sharp again here. But for instance, when Billy Sharp <laughs> steps up for a pen, I'm never 100 percent confident. He's missed two or three, and yeah. I, you know I'm not like. But when Beatty stepped up, even though he had missed a couple, I did think, yeah, this is more than likely going to be a goal. Yeah, Baxter were a decent penalty taker as well, actually. Yeah, he was another foot through it kind of player, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, I think I feel like somebody may have pointed out that Ford missed a penalty for us at some point. Oh, when really? We talking, when we were doing that oh, season up, I'm pretty sure somebody tweeted that to Oh, me. that's it. That's him finished, and he's so out of the top five. Strike him off. Uh, I think Black... Peter Duffield, but before my time, but he were running yeah. out a bit of penalty king. Um, Blackman had the combination of not only being a good penalty taker but being a good penalty winner as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he was quite uh, quite quick to leave his feet, shall we say? I think he's the most confident penalty taker I've ever seen for United, Blackman. It, I think it was confidence. I don't think it was just like fake confidence. I think he did think he was going to score. Yeah, I mean, it was a good take. It was a you know he had a really good way of sending the goalkeeper the wrong way almost every yeah. single time, didn't he? Because it was yeah. just a you know. I, I feel like he just didn't look at the ball, did he? He just looked no. at the goalkeeper and then basically really? passed it. Another away. player in this team is a decent penalty taker. He did miss one, but Neil Collins. <laughs> yeah, so Collins scored one in the playoff final the year uh, two years before, didn't he? Yeah, and he but scored is... in a Johnson's paint game, and he scored against West Ham. Ah. And he missed against, I think it was Burton Albion again in the League Cup. But... <laughs> the, the annual Burton Albion yeah, League Cup game. Yeah, yeah. But not bad for centre-half. <laughs> no, not too bad at all. But yeah, Chris Boyer, there we go. Chris Boyer is the greatest penalty taker in Sheffield United history. Thank you. Let's, cool. let's close that argument there and move on. <laughs> um, MK Dons away. Uh, a 1-0 win with uh, Skoogle getting the goal. Uh, Stephen Skoogle, <laughs> you yeah. pointed out here. The goal commentary, commentary on, the, uh, on the... I think I don't know what commentary it is. It's on Blaze Player, but it's... Great goal from Stephen Skoogle. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good goal, though. Bursting forward from midfield and then mm-hmm. on the run he hits it in. I think he plays like a 1-2, doesn't he? And then yeah. hits it in off the post. And yeah, th- I think that was the point I got a bit excited about what he could be for us, I mm. think. I, mm. You know, I mean, maybe if people are hearing that now, they're like, well, you were clearly wrong about that. But it's, no. well, I'm going to disagree because I'm going to disagree with you disagree. Uh, yeah. you, you hypothetical straw man <laughs> person. Um, because it was exciting to have someone who could do that. We hadn't had anyone who could do no. that for several years, so... Yeah, I really good. liked him like at this stage, and I think uh, it were all sort of coming together a little bit. We were playing Baxter up front, obviously, who wasn't an out-and-out striker, but he were amazing at holding the ball up, in fairness, Baxter. He was mm. a bit like Billy Sharp in that sense. You know, he, he had a good centre of gravity. He, were, he was strong, weren't he, and stuff. School yeah. pushing through from midfield, Doyle doing the day, and then you've got Cody as the box-to-box. It did work. It was definitely, yeah, definitely coming there. The pitch for this was, I mean, it just looks like an actual ploughed field. Like, you can see the lines, like... Where the yeah. tractor's been over. Carl Robinson mentioned this after the match, actually. Carl Robinson okay. said, We like to play the ball on the floor, and, you know, which obviously MK Dons are in because you just can't do it. And it sounds like sour grapes, but it, yeah, I think he's right. That's pretty bad when it's your own stadium. Yeah. I wonder wonder why it was like that if it had been used for something. Because obviously, Stadium MK is used for 
other things. I wonder if it had been yeah, used for... Yeah, I'm not sure, to be fair. But Monster I, truck derby the week before or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they missed out on the playoffs that season. And, you know, yeah, they did actually finish below us that season. Uh, and who knows, you know, that, that could have been a, a massive factor for them for the way they apply. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's so bad. I, like, I was expecting to see, like, a scarecrow playing left-back or something. <laughs> Um, yeah, they did, didn't they? They finished tenth in the end. Um, and then there's that Peterborough game at home, as you mentioned. Uh, another win for the Blades, and yeah, as you say, uh, against the team that finished in the playoffs themselves and were, you know, obviously doing really well for themselves at that point. Um, yeah, they ended up. I mean, I'm actually going to read the team out for this game because obviously we had the Charlton game. The with this were on a Tuesday night, we had the Charlton game on the Sunday. It were Howard Davis, Kennedy Collins, Hill Doyle, Cody McGinn, McFadden, Miller, and Painter. Wow, so that is a much-changed team then, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, ben Davies gets his first goal for the Blades. What a free kick this is. Unbelievable. Like yeah. Beckham-esque, just smashes it into the I top really corner. I really liked him, as you mentioned earlier, Ben Davies. He didn't have much pace and stuff like that, but I think as a... You know, I, I, where did he go after us? I can't use Google, so I think he's down, but... <laughs> this... uh, so, where did he go uh, I don't know, because stupid Wikipedia is only giving me... A... The other Ben Davis, right, yeah, here we are. Never mind, yeah. I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, he went to Portsmouth, uh, played... In fact, he's he's had a a good long career, Ben Davis. He's played a lot of games. Um, he had a year at Portsmouth. He never used his pace, he never relied on his pace or anything, so... Yeah, he actually, actually, we are, apart from his first club, Kidderminster Harriers, we're the club he's played the... Oh, no, sorry, I'll take that back because uh, he signed for us permanently the next season. I was going to say he'd play the fewest number of games for us than oh, any yeah, other team yeah. in career. Uh, he's at Cleethorpe's Town now, but he went to Portsmouth, Grimsby, Boston, and then Cleethorpe. So, obviously likes the area. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, great free kick. Uh, a less good celebration. It looks like he, uh, looks like he tried to do the sort of uh, the knee slide and just ends up <laughs> face-planting it from the cop. yeah. And then uh, lethal Chris Porter with another finish to make and it 2 And I wish another game where Porter had been on the pitch about one minute. It's, you just, yeah, I mean, at this point, I think we're just we're just taking it easy on other teams, aren't we? We don't want to <laughs> embarrass Leave them. Leave it in by... place. It's unfair. It's like when you, I don't know if you remember, you ever played the pro, uh, old Pro Evolutions. Ronaldo was that good. Me and my mates used to make, if, if anyone in Brazil, they weren't allowed to play him. Because <laughs> 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 it was that much better than everyone else on the game. Fantastic. There you go. There's Chris Porter, the Ronaldo of League One in this season. Yeah. Um, and then one one final uh, footnote here before we, we hit a break and uh, then come back with the FA Cup. Uh, we signed the player who is now our longest serving player here mm. in 2020. And that is, um, yeah, another fullback, Kieran Freeman, also from Derby. I've wrote this longest serving player. And as you've read it out, it's, this is my mistake. He's not, he's not actually because he... He left at the end of the season and didn't sign again until the January after, so it's technically Basham. Oh. I've, as soon as you read that out, I thought, oh, no, because he left at the end. The season after, he went to Mansfield. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think he chose them above us. I can only imagine it's money-related. Um, and then he came to us in January, so technically Basham's the longest-serving player. So Basham joined that summer. Yeah. So he outranks him by a few months. Mm, that's what ah. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Good, good clarification. There we go. But one of our longest-serving players, yeah. anyway. Um, I, you know, I knew a bit about Freeman at that point. I think I'd seen him playing for Derby in the Championship a bit. So, Yeah, gone from Forest to Derby, which is unusual. Uh, unusual. Well, it was also unusual that we... So, do you think we were just thinking, um, 
we're not going to get Brayford long term and we've got an opportunity to sign Kieran Freeman. It's, it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, you've got Ben Davis, you've got John Brayford, and now you've got another full. We're a League One side. You don't really need three right right back. I mean, to be fair, in this spell, I'm just looking now, he only actually played right back once for us, and the rest of the time he played left back. Hmm. Uh, but, but again, even then, we had we had Mark Hill and uh, Bob Harris. It weren't as if it were a, an area of massive need for us. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange one. I mean, ultimately, it's, it worked out very well for all parties, oh, I yeah. suppose. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, a slightly weird one at the time. Right, let's uh, let's hit a quick break and then we'll pick up with uh, Charlton at home in the FA Cup. Let's take a very quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors, Beer Fifty Two. Beer 52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to Bladespod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash Bladespod, sign up and cover just the £4.95 for postage, and they will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. Because these aren't just any beers, Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer and deliver it straight to your door. They don't hold you to ransom, you can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today and get your free case of craft beer, get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the number's 52.com slash bladespod. Now back to the podcast. Next up for the Blades was that FA Cup quarterfinal against Charlton. Uh, a glor- I think we played on a Sunday this one as well. I feel like, yep. we, feel like most of our games were on a Sunday during this Really early actually. kickoff. I think it was about half 12 or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I thought that as well. I thought it was even earlier, actually. Like 12 it might have been early. It could have been, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're on BT as well, maybe. Not sure. Don't, yeah, that rings a bell. Really yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, Definitely on TV. I remember it being a bit of a, a scramble to try and find somewhere to get a drink before the game that was going to be uh, was going to be open at that time. Um, I guess this was one of the most memorable games at Bramall Lane for for many a year, I suppose. Um, yeah. Charlton were. I think they were not. They were sort of towards the bottom of the, the championship as well, weren't they? But they. They were definitely favourites for this one, as you'd expect, and they were yeah, very. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, they sold out the away end at Bramall Lane, which is that's a big following for them, isn't it, Charlton? Mm. Like five or six thousand. That's they don't take that. It <laughs> also put in a, um, a certain Jim Davidson or so before match. People used to say I look like Jim Davidson, which is very unkind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't see him before the game. I naturally didn't speak to him, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that's a bit of a stretch. I would never have said you look like him. Maybe it was. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it was in your, in your youth. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Charlton comes to town and we. Uh, well, it's nil nil at half time, isn't it? Um, where we're kicking towards the. Uh, have I got this right around? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's nil nil at half time. Yeah. Yeah, we kicked towards the cop in the first half. Um, Cody had a goal disallowed correctly. He was miles offside. Um <laughs> It felt like quite an even game, you know. I think that yeah, the disallowed goals because he had another one disallowed later on kind of felt like we can do this, you know. Despite the fact Charlton are pretty uh, pretty optimistic about getting the, their way into the semi final, and then yeah. yeah, they had a absurd miss at nil nil, didn't they? It's interesting. Um, the program after Clough said he thought we were really poor in the first half. I thought it was just a pretty average game in the first half, pretty even. Yeah, kind of holding our own, I guess. Mm. Weren't we? Yeah, um, he said a lot of our players had never played in an atmosphere like that before as well. I mean, which sort of makes sense with the likes of Flynn and Scoogle and, you know. 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, sold out Bramall Lane, you know, 30,000 there. And yeah, if we kind of said right at the top of the first episode, um, you know, we've we've had playoff games in the previous season and there's like no one there. Mm. What was it 15,000 for Yeovil 15, at home? 15,000 yeah. So yeah, this this was a big deal. Obviously, uh, Fulham at home, I, I had that in front of me um, a little little while ago. That was only sixteen thousand, which actually is quite a lot. <laughs> like that seems like a lot to me now for the for an FA Cup uh, fourth round tie, as it was, even though it was League One against Premier League. But yeah, thirty thousand, great atmosphere. Um, Charlton missed that ridiculous chance where uh, it was Tud guy, wasn't it? The former yeah. Wednesday player. He, no, he I don't think he it missed it. Yeah, he, no, it he, he set it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he sort of um, it's like a ball over the top uh, to the to the byline. Uh, Howard comes rushing out and took guy basically squares it and their player runs in and somehow somehow puts it wide of uh, what is essentially an empty net from about ten yards. Um, and yeah, that was I guess that was the let off that we needed. And we go down the other end not too long later. Baxter crosses in from the left channel and Flynn's running from the right and quite a neat finish. This really it sort of it almost like karate kicks it into the net. I thought it was a very tidy, <laughs> tidy bit of football. Like, obviously, he's a, a pretty short guy, Flynn, yeah. and yeah, gets up well and uh, just sort of. It almost like comes off his studs, I think, doesn't he? Like yeah. studs it into the net past it's a the great keeper. Ball. Really good. It is a great ball from Baxter. Yeah, that was uh, his seven to eight games. It was due for his uh, his, his next bit of good play. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weird celebration by Flynn. Any idea what that was about? No, sort they of, asked him like... in the program after, and he said uh, it's nothing. He didn't even explain it. He just said like, it was nothing. Uh, to talk about, or not nothing to talk about. I can't remember the exact phrase he used, but it was something basically never gave it away what it was about. Anyway, yeah, it's weird. It's just like put his hands behind his head, like, and everyone else did the same, and just looked really strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's another one. Um, so that gave us the lead one nil in the second half, and it becomes two nil almost immediately. And this is a good, and this is a good crowd goal, if you know what I mean. Like, as in the way the crowd reacts to how this unfolds. Yeah. So um, I think we blocked a shot, and it comes to Murphy, and he—I uh, can't remember who the defender is for chart, but he just leaves him laid on the floor, and it's a proper like go on kind of yeah. moment where he just skins the guy, and then he's running to the edge of their box, kind of holds it up a little bit, and uh, works it square to Brayford, who's bombed forward. And then yeah, one of the one of the archetypal shoot moments, yeah, weren't it? You can it? hear it, can't you? Even back when listening to it. Yeah, Brayford lets fly from twenty five yards. It hits the chart and defender, and it's one of them great ones where you know it's in like quite a while before it hits the back of the net. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just screws into just the net. Just a couple of minutes after, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, genuinely, I think they they kicked off, attacked, we won it, counted and scored again, yeah. and yeah, people went people went absolutely crazy just to. Great moment in the sunshine, yeah. two 0 up, going to the FA Cup semi final, and yeah, that was that that broke Jolton really, didn't it? They had they had one yeah, good they had chance, one really, good, on. really good save from Howard at the end. In fairness to him, yeah, I mean that was I was pretty much the last kick of the game when yeah. it really yeah, yeah, yeah. deep into injury time. They were really yeah, as I say, kind of broken by those two goals, I suppose. And I've got to say, the atmosphere at this game was really something. I think, yeah. Like, Considering it's an early kickoff, which is like the traditional kind of dampener of good atmospheres, um, there's that amazing video from the Charlton fans at full time. Have you seen that? Like, take it from the Bramall Yeah, but they take the picture of it. Uh, sorry, the video of it from their end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a big, uh, big thank you to whichever Charlton fan that was because it's basically five or six minutes uh, just of the United crowd at full time. And it's like it's one of the best sort of spontaneous atmospheres I've heard in terms yeah. of like 
you know, nobody's like, uh, it, it's not like orchestrated singing or anything. Like, no, got, like, it's just a war noise, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like three or four songs being sung at different times. I know yeah. some people are, you know, sometimes see people think like, oh, that's actually like diminishing the atmosphere when people are singing different songs at the same time. But I think it sounds awesome. Like you say, Wall of Noise, absolutely amazing. And yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a special one, really, really good. And obviously into the into the FA Cup semi final for the first time since two thousand and three. And did we know who we were going to play at this point? No, the draw was. Let me think. I'm pretty sure someone might correct me. I'm pretty sure the draw was later that day. I remember being in the pub for the draw. And I'm pretty sure I stayed out after this, and everyone were cheering. So we got Hull because the other one it looked like uh, it were going to be. I think we can beat in the quarterfinal, uh, and and so it, we were, the, the three left it looked like were Hull, Arsenal, and Man City. So you obviously want Hull. Remember, he's getting Hull and everyone cheering in the pub. Yeah, I, I seem. I don't know if I'm mixed, making thinking of something else here, but I seem to remember seeing videos of like Hull fans cheering as well. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, this is. Which is I, mean, I always remember on doing the view froms and stuff there, and then like whole fans, I did one like what their reaction were, and they were like arrogant Sheffield United fans cheering, and it's like, yeah, but you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really wanted Man City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, please, I would like this FA Cup run to end immediately and yeah. in embarrassing fashion. Um, right, uh, so yeah, from from that into the semi final of the FA Cup. A uh, good league run continues um, with mm. our seventh win in a row, uh, and, and this is the first. Carl at home, this is, and this is the first time that playoffs yeah. start to get mentioned on the commentary with this seventh win. Yeah. Um, it did push us all the way up to eighth. I saw madness. Yeah, but, I was Steve Claridge, I think, after this game, uh, saying he felt Sheffield United were the only team who could catch Peterborough now um, with how well we were playing and stuff. But we we were looked knackered in this game. Can you remember this at all? I don't know. We I were there, like, obviously on a massive high after the, the chart. Away, come on. It was just a, a flat, which is understandable. I'm not, not criticising the team at all. But uh, we won that all account. And uh, Jordan Pickford in goal for Carlisle. <laughs> what, what nickname have you written down for him here? Old T-Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Pickford's goal for uh, Carlisle. Uh, Harry Maguire's on the pitch. You know, it's just like England, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jose Baxter as well. Scores, yeah, Jose uh, Baxter, the winning goal. future star. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I should say we, we were still seven points off Peterborough, even in eighth place as we were with, you know, only 10 league games to go at this point. So, yeah. that's... I mean, obviously it didn't happen, but yeah, it looks pretty. It looks pretty unlikely from a distance. Well, there's as well. more, more chance than Wednesday have got now, and and uh, as you pointed towards Lee Bullen, thinks they've got a chance of the playoffs. So. <laughs> that's that's the aim, I suppose. It's good. To, it's good to have lofty ambitions, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, actually, I, I kind of missed this or underplayed it, but yeah, as you as you put here, this was our tenth tenth win in all competitions in a row. When it yeah. we've got yeah three uh, yeah three cup games, yeah, Fulham, Forest, and. Um, uh, and Charlton in there as well. So, yeah, 10 wins in a row. Nice stuff. Um, the winning run comes to an end in the next game uh, with a utterly forgettable 0-0 draw against Preston away. Another clean sheet, though. Was this game on Sky? It was, yeah. It was yeah. on Sky, yeah. Because when I watched the highlights, I was like, uh, yeah, I do remember this because I didn't go to it. But I don't think anything really happened, did it? The, the only things I remember from this is we should have had a penalty and Matt Hill with the worst sort of how not to use your wrong foot I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> the ball's running out of play. Like, not running out of play. He's been closed down. 
Anyone else? He's on the right hand side. He just used the right foot to kick it out for a throw in, but he can't. He's that scared of using it. He boots it out with his left for a corner. <laughs> do you know, teams so used to do that. Against... Sorry. Go on, sorry. I was going to say teams uh, Teams used to do that against uh, Rory Delap and Stoke. Used to... Yeah, you could get out for a corner rather than a throw in. But yeah, yeah. really, it, you could see him panicking, saying, I'm, I'm not really sure I can connect with this enough to get it out for a throw in my right, so I'm just going to boot it out for a corner. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, end of the winning run, uh, albeit not a, not a bad point or anything like that. We're, no, we're pressed, pressed, third pressed, that season, pressing. I think. Yeah, uh, fifth, yeah, in the playoffs. Fifth, sorry, yeah. yeah, they were third the year after, weren't they? Sorry, yeah. Well, they're only a point off third, to be fair. So, they're a very, very good team. Um, yeah. Uh, the next game was Wolves at home. Wolves, who absolutely stormed the league 103 yeah. points. Oof, that is a, they really did have a good time mm-hmm. this season, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Finished, they finished 17 points clear of third. That is an amazing effort. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they beat us 2 0 at the lane, did the double over us. Um, apparently, we were celebrating our 125th anniversary in this game. So. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. We, we, yeah, there's all, all the program. It's like a double featured sort of thing where it's, you know, then we then we lost. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Big layoff second... Wolves here. He, he transferred from Coventry to Wolves at this point. Misses an absolute sitter as well. Yeah. And that's one disallowed. And that's one disallowed as well. It was actually an even game. This I went to this and it was disappointing. But I think even though we'd lost and that would. I won't say with the end of the, any sort of playoff though, because there's still a few games left. It did also feel like, you know, we, we matched them to a degree. We just lacked that little bit here and there. Yeah, uh, Carl Akemi, I think it's pronounced, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Wolves keeper made some... Uh, it makes a fantastic save in the first half, but a couple of other good saves as well. So, yeah, no uh, no real shame in, uh, in the run ending against Wolves. Um, Crawley away... Was the the next game and uh, back to winning ways a two 0 win with two goals from Connor Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember this penalty that you've mentioned here. Uh, what a... oh, Kieran Freeman is running through and it's such an obvious penalty and the ref don't give it. I've no, I honestly don't think I've ever seen a more obvious. When we were already two 0 so it didn't matter, but it was it's so obviously a pen at, and the referee's right next to it. And he sort of pauses for a little bit. You know when referees know they're wrong? <laughs> and then the lights goes, no, play on. Freeman's just stood with his arms out as if. As if. <laughs> yeah, Freeman involved in another uh, penalty decision in a couple yeah, of games, actually. Um, but first of all, uh, I guess the result that yeah kind of ended our playoff hopes, really, yeah. was uh, the next game. A 2-1 defeat away at Swindon. Um, yeah, you, you kind of said here, you know, we were, we were going for the win at one all. And, and basically in got fairness some... to here, I think we needed a win to have any chance of the playoffs realistically. Mm. Uh, and, and we really went for it in the, in the last... Swindon needed to win for have their chance of the playoffs. We needed to win to have a chance of the playoffs. Neither of us got there in the end anyway. So it were really good like last 10 minutes where both teams were proper going for it. And they scored in the last minute purely because we'd pushed everyone forward to try and get a winner. So. Yeah, so it's a proper counter-attacking goal. And it's sort of... Um... I think it's Howard still in goal at this point. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, should probably kind of hit that. So with George Long being dropped from the uh, for the Fulham away game, uh, mm. and then from then on, he never. Re- I mean, you've got to remember the beginning of the season. He was probably our most valuable player, even arguably mm. Harry Maguire. People talked about him in England under twenty ones and stuff, and mm. linked to Man United. And by the end of the season, he never got back to any, and he probably never will get back to the, you know, the hype that surrounded him at the start of this season. Yeah, I suppose not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that kind of curtailed uh, our playoff places. As as it happens, we finished. Yeah, we finished seventh. Swindon finished eighth, but 
pretty pretty big gap between us and the playoffs. Um, that penalty incident I mentioned is the next game, Brentford at home, which is a, a nil-nil draw. In, entirely, um, I guess, forgettable result in hindsight. Brentford ended up getting a, finishing second pretty comfortably, mm-hmm. so they were probably quite happy with the point yeah. with this one. Um, but yeah, do you want to do you want to describe what happens with this this penalty incident? It's a terrible wall from Freeman in the first place. He, he sort of plays it across his own area, which is the first thing they tell you at Sunday League. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> play it across your own area. Uh, and then their player gets it, runs through, and then he's a really good recovery tackle from Freeman. Quite clearly wins the ball. Referee gave, gives a pen, immediately sends Freeman off. Freeman's walking off the pitch. And then there's a lot of confusion. Referee goes to talk to the linesman and stuff like that. And then they've obviously changed their mind, but it's John Brayford who brings Freeman back on. He oh, really? Him. Yeah, he waves him back on. Like, come on. You... And Freeman's sort of stood on the sidelines. Sort of, what? I've been sent off. Yeah. He's now come back on. <laughs> and then uh, War... I think it's Warburton, is it, manager Brentford after this? Or it... Hmm. I think it will have been. It might been. have been, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, it would have been. Cause David Weir is assistant here, I think. Huh. I'm pretty sure David Weir returned for this match. And, um, yeah, and he was fuming after saying, yeah, I agree it wasn't a penalty, but you can't have the referee giving a pen, then getting the red card out, and then going to his linesman and saying, well, that right? <laughs> <laughs> so see both sides of yeah. that. I mean, ultimately, I mean, look, we're in a, we're in a post-VAR world now. Aren't we? Yeah, ultimately, yeah. ultimately, we want the right decision to have been reached, although, you know, that's a separate conversation as to whether VAR helps you reach that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all right with referees saying no. I got that wrong. Actually, uh, I'm going to change my mind and uh, you know give it the other way. I can't remember. It was, I think it was on the um, might been on the football cliches podcast. Major major segue here, but yeah. they were talking about like just stuff you see in Sunday league. And somebody uh, basically somebody was refereeing a game uh, and he he forgot in his own head that um, the teams had switched sides at half time. So. <laughs> He gave, he gave a free kick and pointed in the direction, the, the wrong direction, essentially. Yeah. And then, and everyone was like, realised what had happened, but he said, well, no, I can't change my mind. I've given the decision. It's a free kick that way. I can't change yeah. my mind now. I'm the referee. I can't change my mind. That's just ridiculous. It's so, really quickly, Kevin podcast where they're on about Richard Keyes organises a charity match for Andy Gray and all the ex-players and stuff. And they're losing uh, Richard Keyes' team. And this guy who wrote in, like, is the referee. And Richard Key said, look, I'm going to go down in the area and you better give a penalty because I've effing paid for this <laughs> <laughs> for this thing. So he goes nice. down in the area, gives a penalty. Richard Key steps up and blasts it over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so the penalty gets overturned. Um, Freeman is brought back on and we restart with a drop ball that the Brentford player just spanks into the advertising hoardings like, yeah. in disgust, which I thought, I don't know, I just thought was a bit... Just a bit off, I suppose. Yeah, especially when the yeah. I understand it. Like you said, you can see it wasn't a pen, and he shouldn't have been sent off. It would have been unfair, completely. But once you've been, it's bad refereeing as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm not sure how he, how he, quite how he reached that decision that it was a foul in the first place. Do you know this was for years, like genuinely until we got promoted this time. Um, this was by far the most watched video on United's YouTube channel. It was th- the- this is in first place, and I think second with that Stefan Skugel throw. Yeah, the yeah, Google wrestling player. move. Yeah, uh, the Brentford incident, I think it was called, which I, I think, I think says a lot about the rev- relevancy of United during this period. That oh, yeah. the, the most watched thing is something where nothing actually happened. <laughs> and the nice only draw out to Brentford is a most watched video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a nice metaphor for uh, United <laughs> in, in the middle part of this decade, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, a, a, a good point against Brentford, uh, and then uh, another good point against another good team, uh, Leighton Orient at home. Although as I say, at this point in the seasons, we had a really tough run here. Flipping heck, I'm just looking now. Mm. We played Wolves finished first, and then all right, Crawley and Swindon. Uh, Swindon finished eighth, excuse me. Brentford second, Leighton Orient finished third, and then we played Rotherham, who finished fourth. So, and I think this yeah. is where the, the the playoff sort of talk came in because you're playing the teams where you can catch up in a in a way you know mm. essentially and then and yeah. we failed well not fail that's harsh we didn't fail it had been really really ridiculous to be fair if we got in the playoffs yeah for sure um so this is i mean yeah all all eyes are really turning towards wembley for the fa cup semi-final at this point and uh yeah we have two games in a week leading up to it the first is Leighton orient at home a one-all draw uh Another nice goal by Dean Cox, who's got a mega goal against us in the first game, actually. like He's got a 25-yard volley in that one. And this is like a... He sort of touches it away from Harris in the box, doesn't he? Like a really... Just a really good first touch yeah. to kind of bamboozle him and then stick it in the net. And, um, yeah, Jamie... Earth, ugh, excuse me, Jamie Murphy with an equaliser. Yeah. Um, and then this next game was kind of meaningless, but also kind of significant. And oh, felt- amazing. One of the best sort of nondescript games. Rotherham at home where we had nothing to play for. They could have gone on automatically still at this point, but they mm. realistically probably didn't. Loved it. Steve Evans getting Marde. We played all as kids and won. It was, yeah, just really good atmosphere and stuff, I thought. Yeah, they um, they were so comfortably in the playoffs um, at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, they were in the playoffs by 19 points. So, yeah, I mean, we've yeah. we got like five, five games left at this point. So they, they'd virtually clinched a playoff spot at this point themselves. Um Obviously, as you say, a much changed team because this was midweek and the semi final was coming up yeah. uh, at the weekend. Steve Evans, their manager, and yeah, you, you said afterwards that he, he claimed we put our best side out despite us saying that yeah, we wouldn't. Before the match, Clough was saying we're not obviously not going to play his best side because we've got the, the FA Cup semi final coming up. And then and then the team was, I'll read the team out. This is what Steve Evans thinks our best team was. George Long, who would not play, as we saw earlier for, for our enemies, uh, Ben Davis, Harry Maguire, Terry Kennedy, Matt Hill. Bob Harris, uh, Conor DiMaio, Stephen McGinn, Kieran Freeman, Jose Baxter, Billy Painter, uh, and the subs were who came on were uh, Reed, Cody, and Khan. So we were playing Bob Harris as a a, a winger. Yeah. Uh, is this, if this, is this, I'm reading this right, uh, and also Kieran Freeman as a winger as well. Yeah, it's Otis Khan, right? Otis Khan, yeah. Yeah, so Khan. Reed and uh, Conor DeMaio all make their debuts in this game. Uh, all all teenagers from the youth setup. Well, and yeah, Reed. Be- yeah, the youngest on. player, Reed. To, Reed, the youngest player to have a play for us still in a, in a league game. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, the other ones. Yeah, Kennedy and Stephen McGinn and Long have all been uh, all been out of the team. I think it's only really Maguire and Baxter from our proper starting team. Yeah, that's I think. right. And then, and then after um, Steve Evans' first comments, uh, well, Sheffield United, uh, they said they were going to play uh, uh, the reserves, but they've come with the first team. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and his, uh, his, his mardiness had stemmed from the fact that we won the game with a, a last-minute penalty, yeah. buried by Ben Davies. Um, Mike Dean was the referee for this, and it was, it was sort of a classic Mike Dean penalty award, mm-hmm. I think, where the crowd are clearly baying for like holding in the box and uh, like way, way yeah. before the corner's even taken, you can hear the crowd up in arms and then, yeah, it gets swung over. Maguire gets wrestled to the floor and Mike Dean, the dramatic pause and the penalty award. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was cool seeing like the, the celebrations of the players for a game that was 
meaningless apart from you know the Yorkshire derbiness really yeah I mean I think it were because of so many people made the debut and stuff I mean it were only really three people making the debut but they're all from the youth academy and, and what have you I think it were a, mm. a really big sort of and Terry Kennedy had only just come through really as well mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like a big day for them you know I mean yeah, we finished sure. on the pitch with five five academy products Oh yeah, and I do remember fans singing "We're Winning with Kids." How <laughs> not very good must you be? <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, one one more break, uh, and then we're going to talk about that semi-final with Hull, the epic game at Wembley. So, quick break. A very quick break to hear from one of our sponsors, the Demblades Fanzine. Now, as you've probably heard me mention, the Demblades Fanzine are doing their second ever writing competition, and the closing date is June the first. So. Time is running out, but you still have time. It's it's a weekend. We're not going anywhere. Get your Blade story written down and submitted. There is a £50 cash prize for the winner. They're asking fans to tell their greatest Blade story in a thousand words or less. Could be an outlandish expedition watching the Blades away, or even a depressive tale from the worst times. They want your best story from following United. The judges for this year's competition will be Kate Balaga, who is Deputy Football Editor at Sky. The author of One of Our Own and We're Not Going to Wembley, two very good books, Danny Hall. And Phil Rose, who is, of course, the chief carrier bag firm correspondent for the Demblades fanzine. You can find out more information about this contest at demblades.co.uk. As I say, the closing date is June the 1st, so get your submissions in now. Get them into hello at demblades.co.uk. That's hello at demblades, demblades.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. So that leads us into United's return to an FA Cup semi-final, return to Wembley a couple of uh, a couple of seasons after yet another playoff final defeat there, playing Hull City of the Premier League, um, and yeah, a lovely sunny day as they all. It's never not sunny at Wembley, is it? But I don't remember it being <laughs> stupidly hot this time because well. it's not not a playoff final for once. Um, we obviously had still, you know, I was thinking back to this and we'd not scored in. Uh, like a, a major game at a neutral venue since that Wednesday FA Cup semi-final yeah. I think we played four playoff finals and two other FA Cup final, uh, semi-finals and we hadn't scored in any of them uh, so I mean do you remember do you remember your pre-match vibe and thoughts and I, expectations I, I sort of obviously Hull were the favourites and you think if they turn up they're probably going to beat us but we'd obviously beat Fulham Villa Forest Charlton Hull were a Premier League side at this point, but they weren't a great Premier League side. I think they finished about 15th, 16th. And I don't know, I, I had this sneaky feeling that if we could get... This is how wrong I was. But if we can get that first goal, we could we could hold them out. We conceded a five, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, um, I, just, I kept saying, if we get the first goal, we've got a real chance, but we did get the first goal and, you know, lost. Yeah, I... To me, it was like a... a, a just... I was really going for the the day this time. You know, I was so determined to enjoy the day, mm. which is like proper tourist talk. But like, the, I haven't yeah. enjoyed any of my other trips to Wembley. Like, not not just the result because obviously that colours everything, but it's just it's not a great place to go. Like as a football no, fan, I don't no, think, this Wembley. is the best. Like, had. This is undoubtedly the best day. I mean, we went for the weekend in London, and this was the best day out of had. Not just because of the match, and like you say, we were underdogs. Nothing to lose, sort of thing, and I, I really enjoyed our. I mean, other than I couldn't get into a pub at all. Uh, there was seemed yeah, to be more yeah. pubs than United pubs, but we found this like little park outside where all United fans were sitting with cans and stuff like that, and we and we ended up sitting. I really good, nice weather and stuff, and then and then the game were brilliant. Yeah, I think that's that's it. What I found with Wembley is like it's so blooming hard to get into some of the pubs. I mean, 
I think it was the Huddersfield one. We, I think we had a drink in Baker Street, which is you can get the train out to Wembley, and it was dead. There was like no one there, so we yeah. we ended up going to St John's Wood, I think, because there was supposed to be a uh, a decent pub there, uh, and it was shut because the final was on a Sunday, I think. Yeah, so I was like, oh great, what time's it open? Not till like one o'clock or something like that. Yeah. So then we ended up like basically walking around like this the sort of high street at um Wembley Central just trying to find anywhere that had let us in and we just ended up in this really crap bar where, you know we'd like waiting for ages to get served. It's like this is rubbish. <laughs> you know yeah, you're gonna like yeah, yeah. you pick pick any away team and you can have a better better like afternoon out than that. So yeah, I went into yeah. uh, I went into this one like no we're going we're gonna get to Wembley itself earlier as in the surrounding area. Uh tried to get in the Green Man obviously is the like the standard one but that was already already completely full i think we, we ended up um in this indian restaurant actually which has just basically set itself up perfectly to just be like the taps just running constantly and <laughs> it was actually an amazing atmosphere they like just cleared all the tables out of the way i don't think they were serving food it just basically turned their whole restaurant into one big bar yeah and uh yeah it was uh it was a good atmosphere i was actually able to get a drink for once like without having to queue <laughs> forever so that was good i do always remember at baker street we went to the same pub uh the globe i think it is and oh, there was yeah, a, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, there was a fairly young uh, Hull fan um, with his dad, and he was dressed in a tiger onesie. I'll never forget Sorry, I'm that. Sorry, I'm nearly spat that out. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. I think it had a tail and everything. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty terrible. But anyway, definitely went into this being like, I'm going to enjoy this day. I don't yeah. care if we lose 5-0, like... We don't score in these games anyway, and you know it doesn't really matter if we lose in terms of like you know not like losing a playoff final. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That said, we score the goal. We score the first goal. Yeah, and yeah, one of the most mad I've gone with a goal being scored. Stefan, uh, excuse me, uh, Josie Baxter gives us the lead. Uh, yeah, stabbing in across from the right hand side. And I just remember losing my mind. It was like we scored. We finally scored at Wembley. Yeah. We scored in one of these games. I can't believe it. Like it was, it was shock. It really was I, shock. I was to see but this, my celebration for this goal paled in comparison to the second goal. Yeah, that way, which again was even more stunning, wasn't yeah. it? To be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they they equalised from uh, Sagbo, which is really their first attack. I felt yeah. like. Um, it was a bit of a soft goal. Like yeah. The guy just sort of sliced a, I don't know, a pass or a cross, to be honest. Uh, excuse me, a cross or a shot. Mm. Uh, Sagbo uh, slams it in. But then, yeah, we go down the other end immediately. Jamie Murphy um, you know, ruins Rossini on the wing and uh, Scoogles there in the middle to smash it into the net, make it 2-1 immediately. And, I mean, you know, there are photos of adults crying after this goes in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen loads of them. Like, you know, grown men and women in tears yeah, <laughs> for scoring and making it two one. I think the, uh, do it, and I'm the one of the most negative United fans out there. And the concourse at half time and everything, I just thought we were better than them. To be honest, in that first half, we were. Remember the the old A's at the passing? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we were just like taking the Mickey. We were miles better than them. We'd gone two one up, and if anything, it looked like we were going to get another one. And obviously, our defensive record was so strong at this point as well. You're thinking, well. You know, it's going to be pretty difficult for them to break his down. They only had one shot at this point, but yeah, I mean that was that was brilliant. That half time was fantastic. Uh, fair, you know, take your hat off to all. They 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 massively turned it up in the second half. Yeah, they did. There's a little bit of a what if moment if we don't concede oh, yeah. that. Yeah. 
goal than me. Steve Bruce, of course, was a manager. About that. There's one where Brayford boots it out for a corner and he's under very little pressure, you know, for their equaliser. Mm. And you think, oh, if he'd have just hooked it out of play for a throw-in rather than a corner, you know, what would have happened? And then he's bouncing around and you're just like, just somebody get hold of it and get it away. And it just came so yeah. quickly, obviously, the, uh, the entire... Uh, momentum of the match just flew in Hull's favour. Yeah, so Fryatt, Matty Fryatt, come on at half time, and yeah, three minutes later equalised, as you say, from that corner. Wasn't good defending. Huddleston made it 3 2 to them with a, a good sort of run and finish. Um, I, I did I did notice this watching the replays. It's kind of funny just how huge Hull look compared to our yeah. team of midgets. Like, I remember that at mean... the time. I genuinely remember that at the time, especially Huddleston's a fantastic. Uh, you know, person to put part out of this because we did look. We had Scoogle and Baxter and you know uh, Doyle, Doyle. Is it? yeah, uh, uh, Bob Harris at left back and stuff like you know. They, and they they were these were proper athletes, weren't they? You, you you see in the Premier League now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, so yeah, thanks ball scorer with Stephen Quinn. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stephen Quinn who do it only just come on as well actually, and he he heads it in at the far post to make it four two. Um, I think that's game over, don't you? Yeah, he sort of declined to celebrate, um, I think, mm. kind of. Um, but yeah, we we go on back, and I remember again going a bit crazy at this one because it was like, this is so great. I'm really enjoying seeing mm. the score at Wembley. Where, yeah. uh, Murphy, <laughs> yeah. Murphy sort of slams one in. How long was that? It was like five minutes, something like that? Uh, that were an injury time itself, I'm pretty sure. Uh, was it? Yeah, I think that, yeah, not, yeah, I'm looking down 90th minute, so it would have been an injury time, yeah. But then there's that, yeah. that run, you've noted it down here, that run from Maguire like, moments after. Where, and he's yeah. been on a lot of them, hasn't he, all season, where he took about three or four people on. Uh, yeah. And then you think, this is going to happen. This is the moment. He's He's been threatening this ridiculous goal all season. It's going to happen at Wembley. Then his shot's blocked, and you're like, ah. Yeah, it run, runs to them. And uh, obviously, we've pushed everyone forward. And uh, My, I think it's Myler, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, scores. Yeah. Five, five, three. <clears throat> um, and then we've got to mention, and I'm so annoyed there's no... Like documented evidence of this, or at least if there is, it's it's, it's buried in somebody's yeah. lost smartphone somewhere. The spontaneous applause from the United fans, yeah, yeah, as yeah. as Hull score their fifth goal and and win the game, essentially, you know, that seals the game for them, and they're in the final, and we're out. And every single United fan is on their feet, giving United a standing ovation that that lasted from basically the ball hitting the back of the net until full time and beyond. And yeah, that was that was. Goosebumps. I've I've not seen that yeah. before or since at any match. To be honest, like for any other team, it was it was amazing. Like yeah, you know, yeah. just a great recognition of um, I guess of the team's effort and the the end of the underdog run, I suppose. And also, yeah, you know, and everything. I mean, you have to. Remember, yeah, a couple of months earlier, we were bottom of League One, and you know, so yeah. I think that was almost like a or almost like a thank you for everything, not just that game or anything. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Like, just yeah, I just remember being so grateful that we'd had something to enjoy again. It felt like it had been mm. so long. I mean, you know, relegation from the championship was obviously a couple of years come in. Uh, we were good that first season in League One, but obviously it ended with the most sort of uh, you know biggest kick in the nuts imaginable. I mm. guess with uh, with Wednesday uh, nicking the promotion spot from us. Yeah. And then we then we got steadily worse over the next couple of seasons, and uh, yeah, it looked like it looked like we we're going to League Two, as you said. And yeah. then yeah, we have this this run with you know memories that I will look back on for a very very long time. And you know, I, I imagine there's a few cynics out there that will say like, well, you know, you, you consider five and lost like big whoop. You, you lost an FA Cup semi final. How good can that be, really? But 
in the context of supporting United in these big games, it did mean a lot. And I, I think I remember yeah. getting, I remember getting home, and you know, uh, my missus was like, you know, sympathetic that we lost, and I was like, fine. I'm in, I'm in a really good mood. That was awesome. Like, I've had an amazing day. Like, I really, really enjoyed yeah. that. Um, and have no regrets whatsoever. I know we can look back and sort of say, like, you see, I, I, I just I held out. A little, yeah, yeah, you, go yeah, ahead. There wasn't that sense of, oh, if only, you know, they were only 2 1 up at half time, they were brilliant scenes, and I think we'd all sort of convinced ourselves that this is going to happen. And there was that sort of, it, it can't fault the team, never blame the team, or, you know, proud and all that sort of stuff, but there was that. Oh, who knows? You know, if we'd have just done this little thing a little bit better, we could have been in a final, and and in mm. Europe as well. Of course, because uh, Arsenal mm. had qualified for the Champions League. They were the team who yeah. uh, were playing in the final. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess just to close that off, actually, Hull went two 0 up in the final, yeah, they didn't they? Did, because yeah. Arsenal and, lost, and uh, yeah. th- three two in extra time. I think it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, because I, I actually did tune in wanting Arsenal to hammer them. I think like. <laughs> not in a like, um, not in a screw Hull way. Just in a, I don't want to. I don't want to see Hull win because that will exacerbate this feeling of like, ah, oh, this could have been. Completely us, you know? agree. I remember what, I watched it with my dad actually, and they went to and my dad was like, oh come on, all like a bit of a shock because I don't want these to win because it just makes you think it could be us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was, uh, I was, I was quite pleased that Arsenal turned it yeah. around. I suppose. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, that was that was kind of the end of the season yeah. at that point, wasn't it? We yeah. have uh, five more league games. We win the next one against Stevenage in a, a scrappy match. Luke Freeman playing for them. Yeah. Uh, future Blade. Um, playoff hopes finally mathematically end in the next game with a 0-0 draw at Tranmere. Um, Porter comes off the bench to score in both of the next two games. One is a 2-1 away win at Port Vale and then a one all draw with Oldham. Did he just play for Oldham? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. I think that's yeah. where Derby signed. I don't want to. No, I might be wrong with that, but he definitely played for Oldham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the final game of the season uh, is a two-one win over Coventry City, uh, and that actually bumps us up to seventh. Which, yeah, as you said, it was the highest position we achieved throughout the season. And yeah, that's uh, that's where we finished seventh in the league, which is a is a hell of a turnaround from where we were in uh, in February, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so we, I mean, seven points off the playoffs in the end. So sixty-seven points from forty-six games, a season salvaged by Nigel Clough, really, after a, a disastrous start, and uh, for both managers, I suppose, for for Weir and Clough in a way, yeah. where it genuinely looked like we might get relegated at some point. But um, I think we're no, all we... excited, weren't we, at the end of that season of of what the next season could bring? So we've ended it so well. Yeah, um, and, I, and you're thinking just a couple of people there and there, then plus on about four hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at Maguire, Brayford, Scoogle, you know, these, Murphy. These are players that suddenly look very, very good for League One level. Obviously, Maguire was far, far too good for League One yeah. level. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was uh, that was it. Uh, Chris Porter finishes our top scorer with seven. <laughs> Good yeah, well it, yeah, in the league that is. Anyway, um, any any final notes on this season? No, I'm just looking at the first program for the season after, um, and it's interesting that we were all excited and stuff. But we'd lost a lot of players. We lost Brayford. We lost Maguire. We lost Connor Cody. That's three players straight off. You know, that were big yeah. big players for us uh, in that season, and we replaced them with 
Uh, when we all said at the end of that season, all we really needed, I think, is a, is a good centre forward, and we bought Michael Igdon, unfortunately. Yeah, we bought a centre forward. Yeah, we bought, but, yeah. And so in the in the program now, club said we've waited for a striker because we, we needed to be sure we got the right one. So <laughs> mm, we we waited far too long. Yeah. It turns out. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's properly gutting our team and it. Maguire. Okay, all right, it's a chance you take when Cody and um, Brayford are on loan. Yeah. I guess at this point it wasn't realistic to sign Brayford particularly. And Cody went to Huddersfield next. Didn't yeah, there are there are rumours that Clough didn't want to sign him full. I don't know how true that is, but he brought so he brought Basham in to replace him actually. So you know, mm. long term, both of them. I mean, obviously Cody's, you know, he's probably going to he could end up playing for England or should be anyway. Um, so he'd have been a fantastic signing. But long term, Basham weren't a bad <laughs> bad replacement. But in the particular the season after, he was nowhere near as good as Cody. We're worried for that. No, and and that summer yeah. uh, it's probably a, probably a, a podcast on its own with you know yeah. signed uh, Andy Butler didn't we oh, and yeah. fell out fell out with him immediately. Oh, and, Neil and... Collins, Michael Doyle didn't play. You know, it were amazing how different the, the first team for that Bristol game. You've got like McGay and Alcock at centre half, Ben Davies playing right back, um, Chris Basham obviously coming to it was basically a different team. Yeah, and uh, didn't go well. I guess we made the no. playoffs the next season, but obviously lost to. Uh, Lost to Swindon, that uh, that ushered in the end of Clough and the start of Atkins, and then takes us through to uh, Chris Wilder joining the Blades and uh, leading us to the Premier League, which is about to resume. Mate. Yes, I can't wait. Nineteen days to go. But, yeah, Happy I mean, days. I can't. I think it's really funny. United fans at the moment they're like, "Come on, get Premier League back, get Premier League back," and now it's like being. Oh, I don't know. This is bad. You know. We're not very good after a break, and everyone's sort of worrying again, which is very good because it's a bit of a normality that our fans are worried yeah. about the season restarted again. <laughs> yes, it's not. It's nice to worry about football. I know that doesn't mean that uh, all the genuine worrying stuff has has gone away, but it's no. uh, uh, you know you can't spend twenty four seven thinking about that because you'll go insane. So I'm I'm very grateful for the return of football, and uh, yeah, you know this is as much fun as uh, these ret- retrospectives have been, and they really have been. I've, I've um, you know, a big thank you to everyone who's, who's listened to them and suggested other seasons for us to do, I suppose, and also, you know, chipped in with uh, little anecdotes and corrections and little bits of insight that we missed out on. I've, I've really appreciated that. And uh, also, there's some masochists out there that wanted to do some crazy seasons. I thought the uh, the rel- Premier League relegation season was enough, but, yeah, we've had people asking for the um, Mickey Adams season, haven't we? That would have just been, I mean... I, I sort of the the perverse side of me wanted to do that because it had just been, oh yeah, then we signed him. I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh... yeah, but yes, as much as you know, as much as I've enjoyed doing these, it will be absolutely brilliant to talk about yeah. football that has has not happened. Well, let's yet, hope this so... is the last one. Nothing like you say, not because we're not enjoyed doing or anything, but let's get back to. It. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to postpone again, you know, and and it, and it carries yeah. on straight through, even if it is behind closed doors. Let's just slowly try and get back to some sort of normality i think yeah and it does look like a feast of football as well with oh, yeah. staggered games and all that so yeah even more reason not to leave the house i suppose so yeah next next podcast we're going to be talking about uh talking about that i believe which will be yeah fantastic. Let's hope so, already yeah. looking forward to it yeah definitely um, I, i've put a view from out from the villa fans and stuff and i think they're like sort of I mean, it's a massive game for them isn't it the first game yeah well yeah i mean not only because it's a i guess you know they're not playing liverpool or man city but also uh, the reason it's being played earlier than other games is obviously to get us all to 29 mm. games in case the season has to stop again and then everybody's played the same amount of games and you 
theoretically could decide the league on. Well, that's it. I think it's game. pretty clear the fact that they've put our games first that if the worst case scenario happens, they are going to finish it with the points per game or whatever points you've got, you know. And yeah. I think that that's surely why they're putting those games first. Yeah, it makes sense to have that. Completely, yeah, but... completely. I think yeah, uh, so, I mean, the null and voiders, I think, have lost the battle, I think. I never want... We're going to talk about this next time. I never want to hear the phrase null and void again. Just say <laughs> void. There's no reason to say null, null and void. void. Stop saying null and void. <laughs> Sorry, I've made my whole desk set up shake with anger there. Because <laughs> I was picked up on the mark. But, um, yes, I mean, for Villa, I mean, it's... Uh, uh, jumping ahead to the next pod here, but uh, it's, I mean, genuinely could be the difference between survival and relegation for them, that that single game. So, yeah, One of the big deal. Said, like, what we need to do is beat Sheffield United to make sure we get loads of people to get coronavirus again, <laughs> get it postponed oh and we'll God. be all right, we'll be safe. Hashtag priorities. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. That's right, good point to end it, I think. Oh, well, it's probably not a good point, but it's, it's where I'm going to end it. Yeah, because, uh, play, yeah. We've talked, we've talked for a long time. Yeah, so... People should go and check out your the return of Roy's view mm. from. I'm also setting some Roy's cups, view. by the way. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. I have. I've, yeah. I've seen it with uh, SUFC moments to sell. Um, basically, the best quote from the the preseason predictions of Wednesday fans and the pre-match view from from the bouncing day. Just a bit of fun, obviously. Um, <laughs> and he, he's he's doing all the design and everything. I'm doing nothing. Just lending him the quotes, really. But uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I check him out. I think it's quite funny, to be fair. Some of the stuff. And um, yeah, at the moment, people are like just picking out the best, their favourite quote from the preseason predictions from Wednesday from last season. So uh, yeah, have, have, a, have a go. You might be able to get it on a cup and give it to your your favourite Wednesday fan. <laughs> <laughs> where where would people go to uh, get themselves a, a Roy mug? A uh, Roy mug would be on sufcmoments.co.uk. Good man, and uh, Roy's view from .com for. An actual so view from, from, yeah. Well, not pretty much view, yeah. sorry. They're just their, their thoughts of the next game coming up. So, And FA Cup obviously has been, um, you know, that, that's going ahead as well because there were a bit of talk about that maybe being scrapped, weren't they? Which would have been more understandable than the league being scrapped, but I still think it would have been a bit harsh. But let's hope we're not at Wembley uh, in front of an empty crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one, isn't it? What would you rather have, to get knocked out of the FA Cup or win it? in front of nobody <laughs> I'd rather win it I think it's very yeah, united I to would. win it for an empty crowd <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so yeah we will discuss all this and more uh, in the next episode but yeah Andrew buddy thank you very much for helping me revisit this thank season some fantastic much. memories there and uh, yeah I'll speak to you soon mate yeah nice one mate cheers <laughs>